0: Back to teachers talk film. This is episode thirty. We're going to talk Birdman today. I'm Pete Ray here with my good friend, fellow teacher, Mr. Mitchell Main. How's life? How's the teaching world? What's going on?
1: Teaching world's going well. We just had a little bit of a teacher vent to each other, <laughs> just off pod, which was needed for sure. Um, yep. Things are going well though. I'm I'm busy, very busy with master's work um i before this year even started i was like all right middle of february to the beginning of may is going to be like my grind months and my grind time and so i'm living through it right now taking it day by day but things are going well man just trying to stay positive with it how are you doing
0: doing all right doing all right when's is the masters done in may is that why it's so crazy
1: it'll be done uh september 20th but who's counting all
0: right moving up in the
1: world moving up in the world just figure if i can get to summer i'll be golden just get to summer
0: oh yeah um you've only got three long months ahead of you my friend (laughs) cake cake (laughs) yeah spring break is soon approaching so that'll help
1: yes yes
0: yeah um, no, yeah i'm I'm good we're we're doing a little Romeo and Juliet now which is always mm-hmm. fun um we, we get up we act it out we put some wigs on pull the swords out start stabbing people talking about teenage love and i you know it's very applicable to the students to the people in the seats it very much <laughs> applies to them whether they think it does or not you ever have like a couple, like a Romeo and a Juliet, like they're actually dating in class and you have them play the part? Uh, OK, so I I do this year, but they're like pretty quiet. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that to them. But, and, and I don't think I've ever had like, uh, yeah, full on the couple in the class that are fully ready to act it out. And plus, you know, freshman year, you got to worry. You could act it out one day and then the next day it's like, right. okay, <laughs> this, this was a one week, two week thing. Um, so th- no, I'm always, usually I just, I just, I swap the gender roles in there. So we, we always get, you know, the, the jock is Juliet. We put the big blonde wig on him and I I don't know what it is, but kids just love it. Kids love that when you just do that little thing. It's hilarious now. I have kids,
1: juniors and seniors, even that talk about how they remember that doing that in your class. So it, it clearly makes a mark for sure.
0: That's good. It be, I, it I don't know
1: awesome that. to see like a couple just like get so into it, like a Romeo well, and Juliet. Like, just not really, too into it. Not too yeah, into yeah. it. <laughs> but then like the next day, it's like the window scene or whatever. And like they break up and like you're trying to call them up there and it's, they're just so <laughs> awkward. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that would uh, you know. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know the audience. You gotta know the people in your room, because that would be pretty humiliating for everyone. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Fun, funny for you afterwards, but in the moment, just treacherous.
0: Yes, very much so. Uh, What do you got going on right now? Film studies class. What's what's happening in the teacher world? I feel like we haven't talked about teaching very much lately. We've been focused on the movies, which is fine.
1: Diving into the films. Um, film's going well. We're, we, I just introduced the concept of mise-en-scene today. Um, we watched a scene from Top Gun Maverick, and we're going to talk about the sound design and the mise-en-scene elements of that scene tomorrow. Nice. Do a little camera angle work, shot composition. Um, I'm going to start Casablanca this week. Mm-hmm. Friday, probably. Um, I I always debate whether I'm going to show it or not I'm going to show it um, they might not like it but they're going to see an older movie at least once in our class yep. um, doing some short stories in modern lit and doing some AP synthesis world or AP language synthesis work I would say um, big teacher words me. yeah big teacher words on a Tuesday night brain <laughs> fried we're doing all right
0: though. Uh I just we I'm like midway through my mise en scène thing right now. Um we watched Indiana Jones the first one. No, nice. And we always talk about like trying to show movies to kids that like they haven't seen. Kids have just not seen Indiana Jones. So I I I was like this is a obviously a blockbuster movie. I I should show something else and then I asked, and I was like, two kids have seen it. So I was like, okay, we're watching this. Perfect. Is this the
1: first year you've done this, Indiana Jones?
0: Yeah, so last year for mise I did, I did Knives Out, which was Ooh. like, Knives Out is great. It's a little like, uh, maybe questionable. There's, I don't know, it's like, I don't know, there's there's bad words, There's which mm-hmm. is whatever, kids hear it, it's PG-13, I can show it, but that's always in the back of your mind, you know, you want to, I don't know, I, I, that's not something I want to deal with, so yeah. I was like, Indiana Jones is probably the, the safer pick. There's some scariness in Indiana Jones, though, towards the end, like the face melting. Well, and that's, we've just finished it today, and one of the things that I have a look for is like costumes and makeup, and I was like, mm-hmm. hey... I stopped it before I was like, if you guys don't have anything for makeup, you're about to get it like you're about to see a very great example. And then just to like, you know, kind of forewarn the ones that maybe did not want to see it. I was like, because we're about to see some faces melt. And. But yeah, it's it's awesome. Nobody cared. That's the other thing. We always trial ourselves up about like, oh, we're we're going to upset people and then nobody cares.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I uh I had to do that with all
1: quiet on the western front, the old version. I was like if you need to avert your eyes, you just you do so because it is so just yeah. graphic.
0: Yeah. I I have to do that with the Romeo and Juliet movie too cuz they make out with each other and it's like, hey. That's <laughs> it's it's life, but if you if you uh if you're not into that, that's okay. You just stare at the desk for for 20 seconds. You'll be just fine.
1: Well, on the flip side, you don't want to get them riled up either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, last year I had a kid that like sat right by my desk and you know, they were, they were rubbing faces and then I was like, Oh, Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy said he wants to see it again. So I just kept rewinding it over and over and <laughs> over again. Um, and that was funny. I, if you just make a joke out of everything, it's every, everything's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah Exactly.
0: Exactly. All right. Um, we're talking Birdman today. Now, I was uh, going to say
1: something, but I didn't know if you if you were going to say something. Um, can you do the bird call like the rapper, the ad lib, the.
0: Well, I don't think I need to do it anymore. You just. Do
1: I it. just I didn't do it well. I did it well that one time.
0: Yeah, that's they should hire you.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? In like some rap songs, you'll hear that. I can't say I do. Check out Amigos' track,
0: um, I Young Amigo's. Boys. Stir Fry. Stir Fry. It's a good song, catchy. Mm. Maybe I have, but it's it's not ringing any bells. I'm just thinking <laughs> now <nowadays, laughs> the movie when he does it, and it's like the lamest little screech in the world.
1: Right. Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. No, with Towards this one end.
1: it's like. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> yo, yo,
0: Mike, check. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, I was gonna say Hollywood, but that's not really Hollywood. I don't, where's Where's music get made these days? Everywhere, the streets, the yeah, streets, the, closet, the stew. Um, yeah, the lab, and, uh, Mitchell Main, uh, <laughs> located in Colorado for all bird noises and rap songs. <laughs> You're getting better at it. Well, this is actually a nice segue because you could be the Birdman. Um mm-hmm. a, a nice segue into what I wanted to talk about a little bit before we start the movie, and that's what what we we have so many superheroes in the world today. And I kind of joked on our last episode that Birdman is a superhero movie, um, mm-hmm. because it's very much not, but maybe is at the same time. Um what what are we missing? What animals are we missing from from the superhero world that uh that we we haven't seen. So we have Birdman, we have Ant Man, we've got Batman, we've got what other animals do we have? Mantis is an, an animal, I guess. Um, um Wolverine. Yes. Uh black black widow, but she she's not really a spider. Black Panther. Yep. Yeah. So and I'm talking about like to- honestly. Yeah, I'm talking like Birdman. Like he's a bird. He's yeah. a bird. Um, what are What are we missing? What do we need in the in the superhero universe? Well,
1: I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I have a pretty good idea, and I'm willing to uh, work on this screenplay with you if you like my idea. I'm <laughs> I'm in already. I'm in already.
0: Right.
1: It's a satire superhero movie. Um, okay. From a sloth for a sloth that's the animal okay. okay okay and this sloth we are we are we talked about in the licorice pizza episode how we like anything that comes out of like 70s california scenery mhm and okay. so this story takes place in 70s california um, and it's about a sloth and he's like very much so rooted in the subculture of like california surf life
0: yep and you're like he- just Sorry to interrupt. Are there sloths that reside in California? Is that a thing?
1: Yeah, this is a animal-driven cast.
0: <laughs> like a Zootopia type thing.
1: Yeah, we can make it live action or just do complete animation. I'm fine either way. All right. Um, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I like that. Um So, sloth subculture, 1970 California. All this guy does is eat Cheetos and surfs every single day. And he's got a weird fascination with street tacos. I just thought of that. Um, And one day he's riding a wave. Like I got the first couple story beats down already. Okay, Um, He's riding a wave and like there's some lightning and his board is struck by lightning and he gets this epiphany um, that he has this magical ability to just remain lazy in a world that is so hustle and bustle, like trying Mm. to get to the rat race because his power then is going to be his laziness because he is going to be able to like smell the roses of the world. And he is going to be able to think of things and do things that people would not be able to do because they are so busy with their nine to five jobs.
0: And so the swath
1: in his own world and his superpower is his laziness and I don't know what the key details are
0: there, but that's the premise. So we we can work with this because I thought you were gonna say he gets struck by lightning and then all of a sudden he becomes like fast. Like he no, becomes the opposite. The opposite of a sloth, which is would be a problem. He can't be the opposite of a sloth. Right. He's sloth man. Yeah, but his so, weakness
1: is his power.
0: Right. Hmm. Like most superheroes, Batman his yeah. his weakness, yeah, you know, becomes yeah okay um what we have to do again, you said this is satirical. We just need to set up situations where his like every superhero needs to save people in some way right we just need to set up situations where his laziness is somehow saving people
1: that's the whole that's the the million dollar idea that we're missing almost
0: um, like uh almost like. What what movie did we review? Shoot, I called him the lamest cool guy ever. Oh, oh,
1: the long goodbye.
0: Like, yes, the long goodbye. Almost like him, like he how you just kind of he he just falls into places and he's in the right spot, just happens to be a little like that, maybe.
1: Yeah,
0: he befriends an owl because owls sort of represent wisdom,
1: and like the owl okay. is like his grafiki.
0: Okay, is this the sidekick Owl Man? Yeah, the owl is Owl his. Boy. Owl Boy. Let's just call him Owl. <laughs> just <laughs> Owl.
1: Just Owl. Or maybe his name can be Owl. Al. al the Owl.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: That's genius.
0: That is genius. Owl the Owl. Well, so back to Sloth Man. Is he a human that turned? turns into a sloth or is he a sloth? That's always a sloth.
1: I I kind of want this to be more blockbuster appeal, like Birdman okay. obviously was great, but it's rated R. So I do kind of want this to be in the PG PG 13 realm. So I do. Yeah. Think who's like, here? Who are you getting to play to the sloth? Yeah. The more I'm thinking about it, I want it to be animated. Um, and I think um, Blake Anderson, you know, Blake Anderson, He's a yeah, he plays the curly headed guy in Workaholics. He yeah. would be the great voice for our main character.
0: That would be perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow, and Al would be voiced by hmm,
0: let's voice throw Al? Kevin Hart in there because that's what every movie executive does is they just throw Kevin Hart into a movie and think maybe that'll sell some tickets. Can he be he can't be the owl though. I feel like he would be like the street oh, yeah, taco we, vendor. Yeah, we need somebody wise, somebody wise with a wise voice. You could play the owl. Okay, I'll be yeah. owl the owl. <laughs> Heck yeah. yeah. I take that as a great compliment that I have a wise voice.
1: You do. You do. It's very calm, it's deep, it's assuring, but not uh, you know, overstepping.
0: Okay. And just as a jumping off point, sequel, I'm obviously getting my own movie. I hope Owl the Owl.
1: You will be in charge of the spinoff. We know that is your niche.
0: Okay. And we'll do a little Birdman type thing where I'm not sure if I want to be Owl the Owl anymore. Um, um, very philosophical, very high level cinematic.
1: Yeah. I like that.
0: Wow. Man. It's What's the good, name huh? of this movie? It's just <laughs> called Slothman and, Sloth and Owl to Owl? Or? Mm. Lazy Days. Wow. With a Z. Yeah, with a Z, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy Days starring Blake Anderson.
1: Yeah. Lazy Days part one.
0: Oh, we're already I mean, throwing we, part we one. We already man. know
1: we're going to be at least four films deep.
0: Four? Okay. <laughs> well, That's the last podcast episode that we'll make um, because we are following our dreams of making (laughs) lazy days.
1: I like it, man. I mean, it's better than half the things that are released nowadays.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to write and direct or just write and get Quentin Tarantino to direct or.
1: Um, Yeah. First stab at it. You know, I think this project is too good to, try to experiment with i think we'll have to get we'll have to call some work in call someone in Yeah.
0: tarantino um, let's get bo burnham we were shouting out bo burnham a little bit ago he could do this that'd be sick maybe a little
1: anime too kids love anime
0: okay all right anime sloth (laughs) an anime sloth Well, the anime is all about like the fight sequences. though. are we going to have cool fight sequences, cool battles? Hmm. Yeah. See, we've got quite the conundrum there.
1: Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to think tonally where we want to go with this thing.
0: Now, what about this? We have Al the owl. Maybe he brings the the kick to the movie, That's like what he I was can- yeah. the
1: spice to the meal. You know. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Usually nobody likes the sidekick but if if he was the one that was you know beating people up while the sloth was just you know chilling people would still love the sloth for who he is but we'd need the we need the action
1: and that just opens doors to to then him having his own spin-off later on he needs to have some personality right. you know he can't right. just be in the shadow of the sloth
0: we are we are taking everything that every superhero movie has done wrong and fixing it right here with a sloth and owl in California. I can't wait to come up with the soundtrack for this movie because yeah. it's gonna it's gonna destroy
1: we want a mix of like hippie seventy mixed with like grimy hip hop
0: uh. and just wait wait until we do the the spinoff and they they've run into the 80s and then our our whole thing changes up and instead of uh maybe uh the sloth instead of he you know it's, things are changing in the world and he's done surfing and he becomes an 80s businessman he's got the convertible slick back hair Ooh. and he, it's yeah
1: yeah he becomes a victim to the rat race in the second one
0: yep yeah, but he's Ooh. it's all about finding his his core, finding his own. He's gotta get back to back to who he used to be.
1: Yeah. Well the first one could lead into that too, because superhero movies often have that happy ending. It could be the first one could not end pleasantly. You're right. Leading yeah, into that
0: Yeah. Maybe it ends it ends in tragedy. So slothman's like, I need to change my ways. I need to, you know, I need to pull myself up by the bootstraps and you know develop myself i need to i need to be in a high rise in new york city absolutely
1: absolutely and then
0: yeah al the owl comes
1: in and he maybe they just form like an avengers and there's just tons of weird animals ones that we've missed hmm. that would be like that would be like movie three or four though that's down the road we need to establish yeah, we gotta get the.
0: I mean, that's how you make the money. Is the team ups? The team right. ups are what matter. Hmm. What's his name? What's the sloth's name? You know, I've been thinking that. Like we, we just keep calling him Sloth Man. Hmm. Like I was thinking Cornelius, but that's too long. Well, what if his name's Cornelius, but he goes by Neil? Oh, Neil the sloth. Yeah,
1: that could work. Mm. Maybe it could Maybe work. Not. Yeah. We could put on the backboard, and we could throw it in the hat.
0: Yep, it's it's up on the board in the writing room.
1: Yeah, owl the Owl. That's just that's perfect.
0: Yeah, I mean that was genius right there. I'm that was great.
1: Stroking genius for sure.
0: Wow. All right, you think we've drawn this on long enough?
1: <laughs> Are you in, <laughs> <or>? <laughs> Wow.
0: I, I just really got into that. We we yeah. could we could make a movie every single episode probably.
1: We're gonna to have to replay this and just like take notes on what we said.
0: Yep. I've already written ten pages of the script while we were talking, so Yeah. <laughs> we got
1: we got the whole franchise laid out.
0: I've got an opening scene laid out. It's pretty great.
1: We can just throw it in chat GPT and just adjust. <laughs> <Yeah. that.
0: laughs> All right. Do you do you, you wanna talk about the real superhero movie we came to talk about today? Let's get into it, baby. All right, Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, is a 2014 movie directed by Alejandro G. Iñárritu, a fading actor best known for his portrayal of a popular superhero, attempts to mount a comeback by appearing in a Broadway play. As opening night approaches, his attempts to become more altruistic, rebuild his career, and reconnect with his friends and family prove more difficult than expected mm. let me just say before we start i'm already proud of us for doing what we're about to do that we could go from talking about sloth man to what we're about to talk about with Birdman. that we can do both those things in one episode somewhat impressive yeah. this might
1: be my favorite episode yet and we it's not even oh over my
0: <laughs> oh my well i i was gonna start with a question for you but do do you have something that you, like, want to start with? You sound jazzed. You sound ready well, to go.
1: I texted you last night right after I finished it, and I was like, I can't wait to talk about this one. Um, <laughs> is this movie, like, what the whale is to Brendan Fraser?
0: For Michael Keaton?
1: Yeah, for Michael Keaton. Sorry.
0: Hmm. Hmm that is that is a great question i didn't even really think about it through i mean i did think about it through michael keaton's perspective because it it's very oddly auto not autobiographical but it's like about him and his it actual feels like it. yeah um i feel like the circumstances around it are way different but i i see what you're saying how this is was like his i i guess renaissance his his comeback are you saying that it is
1: i i mean it feels like it because i don't i remember like hearing about michael keaton as the og batman right or one of the og batmans but then not hearing anything else about him i'm looking at his catalog what he's known for it says batman 1989 And then, like, I'm not seeing anything in between
0: that and Birdman. Um, The only other movie I've seen with him is, I think, The Founder, which is about him playing the founder of McDonald's. Yeah, which came
1: out after Birdman. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking this is sort of like his rejuvenation, like getting into the scene again, because I I feel like – maybe cuz i'd mean you hear more about him now versus 15 years ago
0: um that's like maybe, that was my question is did it work like is he is he actually back
1: i would say so i would say so
0: you know he's in the new uh the new flash movie he is he's also in um
1: that show on hulu it's called dope sick i think
0: oh i've heard that's awesome
1: yeah um he played um, in oh my, this is dated. What is it? Oh my gosh, Beetlejuice. He plays he plays Beetlejuice, which is obviously not relevant to anything current that we're talking about. But I do think this was sort of like catapulting him back into the world, and I, that's very much yeah. so aligns with the story. Uh,
0: and I think that that's what's really cool about the. How I don't know. We don't get movies like this very often, where the the main character is very much in the same exact circumstances as the actor that is portraying him, like that. And it's it's just it's very interesting watching the movie. And like literally, the character in the the movie used to be a superhero and is now trying to like do something different. And that's exactly what Michael Keaton is doing. So yeah, it's it's a weird. It's a weird interplay.
1: And I th- that's kind of, I might be generalizing, but kind of the thing with Brendan Fraser, right? Like, didn't he have some injuries and he stepped away from the film scene for a little while? I think he did gain weight, not to the point of like morbid obesity, I would say, but the whale is kind of like his comeback into cinema. Like he's in Killers of the Flower Moon coming up. Um, he's in some other things, I believe. So it's kind of like- I parallel. thought
0: that- I thought that Brendan Fraser was uh, blacklisted mm. for uh, talking about like sexual abuse stuff. I thought that that was the reason why he wasn't acting in anything for a long time.
1: We got to get our producers are on
0: it right now doing some research. OK, we're, we're going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, <laughs> the, the the question I was going to start with is and here's what else I'll say. I, my score for this movie is very much not made up yet. It's going to depend on this conversation that we have right now. I saw it's, your score last night, but it's, it's not there. It's not there. It could be there, but it's okay. not. It, I I could say that it could fluctuate plus or minus 10 to 15 points wow. because I, I just, it's a, I'm in a weird spot. And that's why I like talking about these movies with you is because it, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of cements things for me. It, It makes me feel how I really think I feel. So my question for you is, what is this movie about? Oh, man. I think it's about...
1: I I, I love this movie. I love this movie. I think it's about the futility of ego and celebrity. I think it's about um, one's redemption in many ways, like trying to be a family man, um, but also trying to like have respect in an industry where the industry is growing and kind of phasing the person out. Um, I think the biggest thing though, is just like finding the acceptance of oneself is what I think this movie is about and Hmm. letting go of ego basically letting the ego just totally come behind you or be away from you. Um, I think
0: the bird man is like, yeah. So ego. give me, give me some evidence here. Uh, this that, yeah. is very English teacher of me, but I need some examples.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the bird man character is very much so like the ego of Michael Keaton's character. Uh, Riggin is his name. And you know at the beginning of the movie, um, he is very much so controlled by the ego. Um, I love the opening scene where he's like literally like meditating and levitating and we see or we hear the ego, the internal dialogue of Birdman talking to him. Um, and I think throughout then the whole movie, I think what he needs to realize, is that the ego of Birdman is not what's important, but all along what he has been trying to do is create something that is honest. And he takes a lot of flack for doing that in the the movie, Um, but he will stop at absolutely nothing to create an honest work and in result, find himself. He will literally streak through New York Times in his or not even in his pajamas, in his underwear, buck naked to get on stage to deliver an honest performance. That requires a total ego death, right? Like to do right. that, you, you can't be concerned about what others are going to think about you. And the whole time in the first half of the movie, he's like trying to basically get his fame back and things like that. But then towards the end he realizes, you know, it's the art that matters. And to do that, it's like death of one's ego in order to make that truly come about. And that's what kind of the lady from the Times writes about in her review.
0: Hmm. I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to disagree with you, but at the same time, I, I almost feel like we're thinking the same thing. But I don't know. We'll see. Because what you just said is, one of the things you said is that for him to do what he does, he has to not care about what people are thinking about him. Mm-hmm. But the whole movie is all about that. It, it's all about getting people to care about what you are doing. Like the the New York Times critic. She's such an important character because they need her to... Um solidify what they're doing they need her to venerate it to talk about how great it is how amazing it is so whether he gives a great performance or not it's like it almost doesn't matter and that's as i was watching this i feel like this movie's about like 30 things and that's one of the problems with it is -hmm. that there's it's about like social media it's about acting it's about hollywood it's about superhero movies it's about ego it's about loneliness it's like it's just like it shoved all this stuff into two minutes. And then after I got done with it, I was like, okay, what, what am I – I need to center all these. And I went back to the beginning and the quote that popped up on the screen before the movie even started. Mm-hmm. And it, it said, and did you get what you wanted from this life even so? I did. And what did you want? To call myself beloved, to feel myself beloved on the earth. And that made me think that this movie's all about like not pleasing other people, but getting other people to, to love you, like to feel like they care about you. And I don't know. I don't know what, I, how I feel about that.
1: Okay. Okay. So maybe what I'm saying is like, it's not so much of like wanting people to necessarily like accept him again, but I think it's the intent of how he's going about it shifts. I think the intent at the beginning is to get Riggins name back into the world of theater and cinema. And then as the story progresses, he wants to just create art, arts that's honest, because that's when we see the the cocktail napkin of. Ray Carver talking about one of his older performances where he says like it, it was an honest performance and I feel like Riggin loses sight of that
0: okay, until like okay. halfway
1: point and he's like oh shoot I'm, I'm in this for the wrong reason my intent isn't where it should be my intent should be to create art that people can love
0: so I've, I have two more questions bouncing off of that number one would be I think I agree. Well, maybe. I think I agree with you. My first question would be, when does that switch happen? Because we do. There's a great line by Zach Galifianakis, who I love Zach Galifianakis. He should act more. Like, he did yes. awesome. There's a line when he's talking to Riggin, and he's like, you told me we were doing this, like, for respect. For um, I, Respect is the only word I remember. But that that basically, to me, says that he did this because... Again, that is ego. He wants people to respect him. When when does it if change? If he wants for
1: people you? to respect him, then would he. Sorry, I interrupted you.
0: But no, if he that's wanted not...
1: people to respect him, don't you? Like, he wouldn't be running around butt naked to deliver <laughs> an honest performance.
0: Yeah. But. Because he. he it seems. Ahead. I guess it. I guess. For me, it seems like his motivations in doing the whole thing are for people to think that he is not just a lame superhero actor, and it's so. My question for you is: When does that change for him? When does it happen to where he does make the shift?
1: I think it. Okay, so yeah, so I agree with you. See, I think he shoots himself. Like, <laughs> I uh, I want to talk about that part. Uh um, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, I think it changes. I don't know if I can pinpoint an exact moment, but I think it changes when Mike becomes really prominent, Edward Norton's character. Yeah. Um, one thing I noted is like Riggin and Ed, and Mike is his name, Edward Norton, they, they feud with each other a lot in the beginning. And I think it is very much so because Mike is like a younger version of Riggin like they're the same person they have the same sort of desire of trying to be the best on stage and Riggin sees how undesirable of a person Mike is in those moments and so I think that's when it starts to really really shift um and then I mentioned the cocktail napkin scene of like producing honest work I think that also is a shift um But I would be. Do you see what I'm saying? I I think we're saying the same thing in different ways.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I I don't know, because for me, I don't think the switch happens. That he truly feels like he has, you know, he's been released from complete ego. He is only, only. He's not concerned about what other people think about him. He is completely. He's free. Mm -hmm. Is the last 30 seconds of the movie. And I think maybe that's, that's why I have an issue. Elaborate. So, well, we got to talk about the ending. Um yeah. Sorry to jump there so quickly. No, it's okay. It's a natural. But for me, I mean, I don't know him flying out the window as a bird um, away from the hospital. I mean, that's like the, Pretty symbolic of freedom or mm-hmm. death, um, and I don't know if that's literal death or ego death or whatever. But it's like okay, um, so now he's free, and we get to see it for five seconds, and it. And here's the other thing: for him to be free, it caused him like the the effect of or the cause of him being free was him shooting himself on a theater stage and then people loving him for it, and now he's free. So that, that, I don't know. I just tie it all back to, like, this movie's all about other it's other people's opinions, which is, I, that's just, I don't know. I don't know. See, at the end, I don't
1: think he's, I think he's wanting to prove the woman at the time's wrong. Like, right. he clearly... Yells at her and says, like, I'm going to give you a great performance, blah, blah, blah. But I think he, at the end of the day, wants to do something honest. And I think he's willing to die for that to be expressed on stage. That's why I wish the movie would have ended 20 minutes before it did. I wish it would have ended. This is kind of morbid. But I wish it would have ended with him shooting himself on stage, collapsing, the crowd standing in ovation, the Times lady walking out, and then just like eight seconds of just like still cam on the crowd clapping, and then you just see the title card, and then it ends there.
0: Okay. I I 100,000% agree. I, I agree with you. It's almost the same thing when we talked about Babylon, is like... The, we get the ending of Manny smiling at the, like we get his reaction to the movies and it's pretty clear, like what the message is that like the movies are great and transcendent and whatever it you're right. It it would be awesome if we do the gunshot. We know that he actually did it for real. They could even maybe show like a, a pool of blood. And then if we just, like you said, just, And even if it was 20 seconds of just you see the audience's visceral reaction to actually seeing something honest now we're talking but the i don't know what what do you think about the ending i hate it i can't stand it i hate it so much yeah i gave this movie a
1: very high score but it lost some points because of the ending um it's like yeah like it's clear they're trying to do the Birdman connection with the with the face mask that he has on, you know, it looks like a bird nose and like when he flies away it like it it's almost more like it's too on the nose, but at the same time I think it muddies up the ending even more. Like tonally, I wish it would have just ended with the gunshot and then the applause and then end. The way I interpret the ending though is that's interesting to think about, like, does he die in that room or because he doesn't literally fly away. But that's the interpretation, right? Because his daughter looks out the window and looks up and she starts smiling.
0: Yeah, the so fact like, that she, she sees him, like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I did not like the ending. I did not like
0: the ending. Um, one One part that I did like about the ending, and I... And I do think that it does a great message getting it across because I I do think that the ending is trying to show that he's overcome his past. He's overcome the Birdman character. He's not him anymore. Right. And I think that the the best way that that happens is when he goes into the bathroom and his Birdman persona is sitting on the (laughs) toilet and he like, it's almost like he looks up at him, like embarrassed that he's there. Like, I thought that that said a lot because – Throughout the whole movie, he's had this, you know, grovelly voice that he's scary and he's looming over him in that one scene. And now we see that he's like put him in his place. He's sitting on the toilet, reading the newspaper, like completely vulnerable. I thought that that said a lot. And then, of course, we get the flying out the window scene and it was like all ruined. But yeah, I it's a it's a strange ending. And I I love an ambiguous ending, but not ambiguous is what we talked about. Mm -hmm. not what i don't know what i don't know what we would call this type of ending
1: it feels like they're trying to put a bow on a story that doesn't need it it's like they're trying to make it like it just doesn't fit tonally i feel like it's like there are some weird fantastical moments like when he is lifted up by the bird man and then he realizes like he can create that honest performance and like gets into the final act but it just doesn't match the the movie, like the tone of the movie. He flies away. And obviously, like like you said, he's let go of the Birdman baggage. It just doesn't match. I yeah, I had a problem with the ending. Yeah, I like my ending better.
0: Oh, it's it's much better. It's way better than. Yeah, so much better.
1: It kind of his story like this. This sounds like a stretch, but like, are you familiar with Mac Miller at all? Oh, yeah it's kind of like the same arc of Mac Miller. Cause like Mac Miller started out as like a, a backpack rapper, like rapper, to, rapper. Yeah. Just like trying to write raps that will um, appeal to teenage boys and girls and just make it catchy in that way. But then like, as he progressed in his career, like as he began to age more, he really like dove into the artistry of me making music and like there's an interview where he talks about like how when he recorded one of his albums the mentality he had he says like the mentality was like if I died in the studio I wanted to I would want to leave everything in these songs and I feel like that's what Riggin is doing in that final performance like whatever happens after this doesn't matter as long as I give that honest performance that I know I can give. I owe it to myself. I owe it to the times lady to prove her wrong, but I owe it to myself more than anything. I feel like that's really what is getting to the point here or what the point is with the ending. And I feel like just tonally, it doesn't match that at the end, what we see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of my, I only wrote down one quote from this. I could definitely write down more, but, um, it's when Emma Stone, and his daughters, they're yelling at each other, and she just says, "You're scared that like the rest of us, you don't matter." And then she says, "Get used to it." Mm-hmm. And and I feel like that kind of fits into everything that we've been talking about. It's like because this is, it is all about I don't know recognition and and that's that's where it does it all circles back because at the end he finally does matter to other people. But I I also do see what you're saying, where he is doing this for himself. He's doing this because, and I um, would imagine that a lot of superhero actors probably feel this way, that like they are just putting on a dumb costume. And are, are they really giving an honest performance? Are they really doing something that, I don't know, is cinematic? And that obviously sends us down a whole nother path. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know.
1: There's also a lot of references to the Icarus myth. You're familiar with Icarus?
0: Oh, yeah. We read that mythology every year.
1: Yeah, basically just Icarus, a Greek mythology character who doesn't listen to his father. His father builds him wings to escape the island of Crete. And his father says, don't fly too close to the sun. You'll burn your wings and you'll die. And he doesn't listen to his father. And he flies too close to the sun. And he dies and burns. Um This is like the the redemptive arc of Icarus, right? Like he flew too close to the sun at one point. He realized in the beginning of the movie this that he's still flying to the sun, quote unquote, um, but then readjusts his trajectory and has an even flight at the end. Literally.
0: Yeah. And I guess for me, this whole movie comes down to why he why he adjusts his flight. And I think that that might be where we we disagree, but I don't know. I don't know. And that's it's one of the reasons why I really like this movie is because it is it is kind of broad and ambiguous and gives us a lot to talk about, which is nice.
1: No, I loved it, man. I how many shots are in this movie?
0: Four, five.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's incredible, man.
0: So let's let's talk about the the filmmaking aspect of it because I love that obviously too it's amazing um the whole one shot thing and I think I I know I've watched this movie before I think it was probably 2014 I might have watched it like the year after it came out mm-hmm. I I probably wasn't even I was too stupid to realize that it did what it did like that. It was a one shot almost the entire time. I I probably didn't even realize that until, I don't know, I heard somebody say it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it never cuts or it cuts very quickly and you don't realize it. And I knew that coming in that it was going to do that. And then I was like, "Okay, it's going to be interesting to see why it does that. And then I thought it totally backed it up. The, the transitions and how quickly they happen and how we go from like two people talking and then we just jump hours into the future and like it's now the play is on and it, there's no cut in between that. It is it is so freaking cool. The word I wrote down is frenetic and it just, mm. it it shows how crazy their lives are and how fast you got to keep up. I didn't look at my phone for this entire movie or even want to because I was just locked in and the camera work makes you do that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I watched it again with Shelby. Shelby was not a fan of this. <laughs> <laughs> like this is stupid. And like, she was on her phone watching and like, I was, I was hooked. Like I, I felt kind of weird cause like she was just talking bad about it, but I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> like, like the whole, like the first, like 45 minutes, it feels like it's all one take. Um, I was wondering like, are they ever gonna, you know, do a new scene or like, do a cut or whatever I think they do like they do it really strategically like obviously like with the daytime or the nighttime turning into day and like sometimes they'll close doors and it will go black for like a half a second and then it's a new scene sure but it feels from start to finish like you're just along for the ride you're part of this spectacle that's going on and you literally have a behind the scenes look into this guy's life and then also the internal dialogue i mean it was unlike anything i've ever seen before that was the first reaction this is unlike any other movie i've ever seen
0: that that scene it is early on which is nice where mike shows up the edward norton character and he's reading the lines and it's just it's all one shot and it's moving around them and it like i was just like oh my god this is amazing i was i was my My blood was flowing. I was pumped. I was like, this is amazing. It's just two guys talking, but the way that they film it is so cool. Oh, it's great. And it
1: I mean, the lighting is great too. Like there's some key standouts. Like when, I know I've mentioned this scene a lot, but like when he walks into the theater in his underwear and like, it's just that dark blue light close up on his face, he's wearing the curly wig the red light in other scenes like i love all the close up shots it 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 is like a lot it's just eye candy in so many ways
0: there's that one scene where the lady is telling him that she's pregnant and it's just like it is so red and just to th- to think about like that i don't know it was just cool to think about that that red is there and they have to get there and it all has to be one shot and yeah it was just cool that you i mean theoretically they have all this set up before they they do it like i don't think they had the luxury of i know that they made cuts throughout it but i don't think they had the luxury of setting everything up perfectly how you would normally set something up and cut and redo the lighting and all that so yeah just the insane amounts of lighting and yeah obviously that i keep saying camera work but i i have to because it's insane but those two things mixed together are great
1: I would love to see, I wonder if there's like a director's cut or like behind the scenes making of this movie. Cause I would really like to yeah. just see how they
0: executed.
1: Because so it seems like, I feel like monumental task.
0: I think I've seen a, like behind the scenes video of the Michael Keaton run in the underwear. Like I know that there's, there's videos of that, that are like from kind of zoomed out and that show it. Cause he actually did that like on the streets of New York. I'm right. pretty sure. So yeah, but it, it would be super interesting. Um I just watched uh Alejandro G in, in Uritu. He's got a new movie on Netflix. Uh it's called Bardo. It's got a it's like this to. title, like it's super long. It's like a three-hour movie, but it's like Birdman times ten. Like the yeah. I was gonna talk about uh surrealism, um, but that's that's a lot to get into yeah but the bardo like if you like birdman i think you'd like bardo because it's it's like dream sequences and it's it's intense and it's obviously him directing it so it's it looks a lot like birdman and it's even crazier
1: oh nice yeah i'll have to watch that it's on my list i believe i saw you letterboxed it i think
0: yeah
1: Um, i'll give it a look I, i just love how like we fall like It's just like a tracking cam, like so much of the time we're just behind him and like we just see the back of his head. And as he's walking into new scenes and new worlds, like we're just there along for the ride. Like when he goes to get the, like he gets some liquor and he goes into the liquor shop and it's just all those lights.
0: One of the like like greatest shots ever.
1: Yeah. Just so flipping awesome. Uh, It was just great to watch. Great to look at
0: this just popped into my head because I think that the way that it um, is filmed matches like what it's about, like matches the theater and how I assume crazy all that is and Mm -hmm. just intense and you got to be quick and you got to be fast. This, this filming style would almost work for like teaching, like just how, how quickly we have to do things and get through the hallways and make it to meetings and start teaching and, like it would be I, I could just see a shot of the camera behind us walking through the halls and then walking into class and <laughs> like it would just be perfect. I would love to just have a camera behind me for a day and just
1: watch it afterwards.
0: <laughs> it, especially All if um especially if it was our boy Alejandro doing it. Like it's it's just the way he does it, it looks it looks different than than any other movie. I think you said that already. That's just different.
1: It is. It's so different um i loved it i have one question for you yeah kind of unrelated to the theatrics i know we're getting to that hour mark here um this is i love when it's a two-part title when movies are two-part titles yeah Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance have you thought about that second part and where do you think it applies
0: so I, I did think about it. I, I don't love the title because of how long it is. Like, I don't know. I like two part titles too, but it, this one just seems like a lot. I did mm-hmm. like how it showed up in the movie. Like it was the title of the article that she writes. Um, I, do you feel like this movie is about ignorance?
1: See, that's where I don't. I. It would have been. I like the title. I like long titles. Um, yeah. I feel like it was. I don't feel like it's like about ignorance per se. I think
0: like I said this movie's about like 50 things. Uh, ignorance isn't on the list for me.
1: Yeah, I would like it to maybe say like Birdman or like Birdman or The Death of Ego or something like that. I don't know. Like but the cuz that the unexpected virtue of ignorance that's the title of the the Times Ladies review. Right. And so I feel like it's deeply connected to her perspective of...
0: That's what I was going to say. Is she the ignorant one?
1: I think so. Like, because she says, like, I didn't quote it per se, but she says in her review that, like, this performance was like, as the blood spewed out on stage, the blood that had been missing in the spirit of American theater was rejuvenated. And like yeah. she described it as like super realism. And so like she's admitting to her own ignorance potentially um, because she's obviously like down in this guy, the whole movie, she doesn't want him to succeed. She doesn't think he can, but she's ignorant to the fact of the power he possesses. Um,
0: yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I, see, I almost think that that's making fun of her because like super realism. So now people are going to have to actually bleed on stage for you to like enjoy their performances. Like it's going to have to be that real. And he didn't even do it on purpose. Like he did on accident. So (laughs) I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's a whole nother Avenue. I think.
1: Yeah. I also think the, the, just the natural powers or not the natural powers, like the weird powers he has. We didn't even talk about those. He does have some superpowers.
0: And I, for me, because I was trying to figure those out the whole movie, it was almost to me like he does inside of him there is Birdman. Like he was an awesome guy. And now he's like so lame that that's the powers that he has is just to move things around. And it's like, who really cares about that? Mm. So that's that's what I took from it is like he he was a superhero and now nobody cares about what he can do.
1: That's kind of what I was taking, just kind of like the residual effect of his once fame. Yeah. Yeah, kind of the same thing. Yeah, he always he uses it only really when he's in aggressive states too.
0: Yeah. So it could true. be
1: like illuminating the hindrance that this Birdman character has on his reality of now.
0: Yeah. yeah it's interesting hmm. to think about. Well, I'm gonna give you my score first because Yours is the big one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do really like... I, I shouldn't say that. I don't really like this movie. Eh, maybe I do. <laughs> I really like certain aspects of this movie. And certain aspects just really bring it down for me. I do love all the... Like we just talked about. All the undertones. All the things that you can like. You can think about. And that there are to think about. Not every movie does that for us. Looking at you superhero movies. Which is okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Not lazy, days. like I <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's about real. It's about yeah. real stuff. <laughs> I, I, th- I, think at the end, it's just about too many things for me, and I don't, I don't know. The message at the end just isn't there for me. So my final score is going to be an eighty-six. That's where I'm okay. landing, an eighty-six. Okay. I convinced and you. You know what? what? If it if it ended with your ending, it'd probably be a ninety easy. Mm. I appreciate it. I hated the ending so much.
1: Yeah. All right. Where
0: where are you at? Sing its praises. Yeah. I would have given this thing
1: 96.5. Maybe 97 had it gone with my ending. I'm still giving it a great score. It's a 94.5. High. um, Very high. I also, on my reviews, I highlighted this green. So you know what I that saw means. That. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna have to rewatch this more and more and more to really unpack everything. I thought the performances were great. Um, so many like heartfelt moments with the acting, like Emma Stone, and she's yelling at her dad. Like you mentioned that scene, that was great. Um, I think I do think like the family plot line was a little bit the vague and maybe not needed, like you said, they may, might be doing a little too much. Like if they would have just focused on his career aspect of his life, the professional aspect of his life, I think it would have maybe hit a little better. Um, But they try to intertwine both and it can get kind of muddy sometimes. Um, But man, this was exciting, man. This, I needed to watch something like this. I I love this I love this 94.5
0: I think we need to watch this together and stop every five minutes and just debate and talk and like and you could do that with this movie and that's that is I definitely I commend it for that
1: yeah oh absolutely there's so many different things you can take away from it and I think that's really why I like it too yeah I love all the posters for it too like the even just the regular the poster one. is
0: awesome. Yeah, like, they're all great. I might need to get one. You're always posting the like the the alternate posters on our Twitter uh, teacher film talk. By the yeah, way, check anything. us out. Uh, <laughs> and those are always I love the alternate posters, but it's like this is the like the the main one is an alternate. It looks so sweet. Yeah, I love them all. I
1: might I honestly might get one and hang it up. Yeah, I mean, you need, you need a birdman
0: accused ah! yeah, birdman <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um that was fun, man. I, I didn't ask you before, do you, do you have a movie ready to go? Uh, I don't. Um oh, going to make the people wait.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to wait. I watched uh Throne of Blood this weekend. Have you seen Throne of Blood? I have not. It's Akira Kurosawa's adaptation of Hamlet. Oh, my God. 100 out of 100 already. I'm in. Um, (laughs) We could do that if you want, or we can do something else. Well, we'll we'll mull it over. We've got time. Yeah, Yeah, we got time. Check the Twitter. Check the Twitter. We'll we'll leave you in suspense. We'll give you adequate time to watch the film as we do. Um, Check the TikTok. Check the TikTok. We're on the TikTok grind. Um, Yeah, that was fun
0: that was a good one yeah
1: i like it i like it anything else you got to say to the peeps
0: i don't think so um sloth man coming to or no lazy days sorry coming to theaters near you uh, Slothman is 20, whack. <laughs> Slothman is whack uh here we go here we go we need a dual title Lazy days or the adventures of Slothman? How about there that? There we go. Uh, that I, I vibe. I vibe. Lazy days thing. or the non-adventures of Slothman?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dude, honestly, this is yeah. We're we're workshopping people, and if anybody's listening, Tarantino. If I see this coming from your camp, I'm suing.
0: <laughs> Get at me, Spielberg.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, ah. <laughs> but that's all i got all right all right um until next time do your homework stay up to date on things watch the next movie which will be announced on twitter at teacher film talk and peace out
0: peace out